0: and might have captured that city had the gods not sent a plague to ravage their army. Men's bowels voided unstoppably, they vomited blood, they weakened until they could not stand, and it was when the plague was at its worst that Arthur's forces struck them. The Saxons believed their gods had deserted them, and so they fled. But they'll be back, Arthur told me. Next spring they will be back. He cleaned Excalibur's blade on his blood-stained cloak. He had grown a beard, and it was grey. It made him look much older, while the pain of Guinevere's betrayal had made his face gaunt, so that men who had never met Arthur until that summer found his appearance fearsome. He had ever been a patient man, but now his anger could erupt at the smallest provocation. It was a season of retribution, and Guinevere's fate was to be locked away in Morgan's shrine at Innes Arthur had condemned his wife to a living grave. Don't be absurd, Durval. Merlin snapped at me a week later. She'll be out of there in two years. If Arthur wanted her gone from his life, he'd have put her to the flames. There's nothing like a good burning for improving a woman's behaviour, but it's no use telling Arthur that— the half-wits in love with her. And he is a half-wit. Lancelot alive, Mordred alive, Surdic alive, and Guinevere alive. If a soul wants to live forever in this world, it seems like a very good idea to become an enemy of Arthur. I am as well as can be expected. Thank you for asking. I did ask you earlier, I said, and you ignored me. Ah, it's my hearing, Durvel. Quite gone he banged an ear. deaf as a bucket. It's age. I decay, visibly. He did nothing of the sort. He looked better now than he had for a long time, and his hearing, I am sure, was as acute as his sight, and that, despite his eighty or more years, was still as sharp as a hawk's. Merlin seemed to have a new energy, brought to him by the treasures of Britain— for centuries the treasures had been lost, but Merlin had at last succeeded in finding them. Their power was to summon the ancient gods back to Britain. Merlin would use them to work a great magic. I had sought Merlin on the day I took Guinevere to innis Widrin. It was a day of hard rain, and I'd climbed the Tor, half expecting to find Merlin on its summit— but discovered the hilltop empty and sad. Merlin had once possessed a great hall on the Tor, with a dream tower attached to it, but the hall had been burned. I'd stood amidst the Tor's ruin and felt a great desolation. Arthur, my friend, was hurt. Kynwen, my woman, was far away in Powys. Morwenna and Seren, my two daughters, were with Kynwen, while Diane my youngest was in the other world dispatched there by one of launcelot's swords my friends were dead or else far away and the saxons were readying to fight us in the new year i felt more alone than i had ever felt in all my life and so i knelt in the hall's muddy ashes and prayed to bell to save us and like a child I begged Bell for a sign that the gods did care about us. That sign came a week later. Arthur had ridden eastwards to Harry the Saxon frontier, but I had stayed at Caer Cadarn, waiting for Kynwen to come home. Some time in that week Merlin and his companion Nimue went to the great empty palace at nearby Lindinis. I had once lived there, guarding our King Mordred. But when Mordred had come of age, the palace had been given to Bishop Sansom as a monastery. Sansom's monks had been evicted now so that the big palace stood empty. It was the local people who told us that the Druid was in the palace. They told stories of apparitions, of wonderful signs, and of gods walking in the night. And so I rode down to the palace, but found no sign of Merlin there. Two or three hundred people were camped outside the palace gates, and they excitedly repeated the tales of nighttime.